<laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Hello. Good morning. Hello. <laughs> this feels very um, professional. Y'all, good morning. Good morning. I was so excited about today because it's like I get to hang out with my two sisters. No. This is fun. I'm so excited. So this morning I have with me my sisters, my older sister, Teresa, my younger sister, Mikey. Oh, hi, crew. You want to come sit with me? Can you shut that door, buddy? Crew, can you say hi to Aunt Mikey and Aunt Teresa? Can you say good morning? He knows there's a microphone, so he's purposely not saying anything. Do you want to talk? What's your favorite dinosaur? Allosaurus. Allosaurus. What's your second favorite dinosaur? T-Rexes. <laughs> can you say the stories we tell? No. Okay. What's your least favorite dinosaur? What's the meanest dinosaur in the whole wide world? I'm Joanna Gaines. I'm a wife, a mother, a sister, and daughter. But really, more than anything, I'm a person who carries a story. So earlier this year, I wrote down my story. My whole story. I called it The Stories We Tell. And that's what led me to this podcast. To a place where we can share our stories together. Imagine if the stories we tell brought us back to our truest selves, back to one another, because we all have a story to tell, and I can't wait to hear yours. Today, I'm talking to my sisters, Teresa and Mikey. Crew, you want to go out there and play? You want to go outside? Okay, go around there. Oh. <laughs> have fun, crew. Okay. So cute. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Today is going to be such a fun day. I was so excited. The idea that I get to sit with my sisters and just chat, which is honestly one of my favorite things to do. How are y'all? Good. Good. I know. It's kind of weird because we have microphones in front of us. Um, I just wanted to have a chat with y'all today because one of the things that I thought was really interesting as I was writing the book when I finished it, you know, I felt like I fully understood the process of just from being a little girl to even now as a 44-year-old woman. And this light bulb moment happened where I realized I am so close to my sisters, but there's a whole season, there's a whole chapter where I feel like we were all in the same house, but we were all dealing with things quietly in our own little worlds. And I don't think we've ever talked about the idea of growing up in a mixed race family, the different cultural things that we were all facing. And I just wanted to open that up. And I wanted to hear about what was it like for y'all? Because I know, obviously, I remember my details. And I remember we'd have conversations like, Teresa looks the most Korean, and then me, and then Mikey, you have American eyes. And Teresa, I was always jealous of your middle name. Your middle name was Anne. Mine was Lee, which just sounded you know, more Asian, of course, but I was always jealous. I was like, oh, I just, so I would lie to my friends and say my middle name was Anne. I would and say I my, Joanna it Ann. was Anne. Do you not remember when I would say, <laughs> Joanne, was so mean, <laughs> Joanna Ann, Teresa Lee, and you so, guys would never correct me. Yeah. So I kind of gave you my middle name, Teresa, because you looked more Korean. <laughs> yeah, so like funny. mom didn't know. So you so, were Teresa Lee. Okay. I was Joanna Ann, which is hilarious. It's like a double. <laughs> no one would hilarious. ever you know, do that. So I just, I wanted to hear, what was it like for y'all? Was it, as you guys have read the book with me, is it 
somewhat similar or different because the three of us couldn't be more different. That's the thing that I love about just the idea that we're sisters is that all three of us bring something very different to the table. And that means we dealt with things very differently. The way I shoved it all inside and was quieted and became a very shy little girl, y'all were very different in your own ways. So tell me about it. Teresa, you want to go first? Well, I'll go first. I think what's so amazing is when I began reading your book, I was like, oh my gosh, I went through the same thing. And I'm like, wait, we've never talked about this before. That's crazy. And I felt like in that moment, I thought, what is the overarching theme of this book? It's an invitation. An invitation to say, wait, let's talk about this. And so when I was reading the manuscript, I was like, Jojo, oh my gosh. Like, just like, wait, you went through this too? Because I had no idea. And I'm thinking, you know how we all express our giftings differently, Mm -hmm. but we express our hurts differently, right? For sure. And I felt like that's what I was getting even from this book is how all of our expressions, like your expressions through her was like life-giving still. It's really interesting. You were, I I always tease, I said, she was the teacher and me and Mikey were the students and we were good with that. Like we felt (laughs) safe. I always felt safe with you. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Like I have such great memories of that. Like, I don't really remember you guys making fun of me. Like, <laughs> oh, good. I'm just like, you know, so I'm just like, no, I love, like, it was just like, I get to have them as my sisters. I mean, I mean, we had our issues. We of sure course. did. Like when dad would say, you're fighting like cats and dogs. And we yes. would all say, I'm the cat. You're yes. the dog. Yes. <laughs> but going back to the expression, you know, we all express it differently. I thought, wow, I can trace back to when I was in kindergarten. And when I was in kindergarten, I really thought I was someone special. Like I remember Mm -hmm. thinking, ah, and I walked into my kindergarten classroom the first day. I can remember it like it was Mm -hmm. today. And being pointed at and made fun of, and not just made fun of for being Asian, but saying you're ugly. Like, so I associated the Asian with ugly and then took that a step further, not even knowing this until years later, my mom, who was my hero, became the enemy Wow! because she was the common denominator of why I was made fun of. Isn't that crazy? It is. And and just the idea that, I mean, that's so eye-opening to me because now it makes sense. Like you guys fought all (laughs) All the the time time. and you could, you could, sense that resentment in the house, you could really sense it. And I think the sad thing about just as children not understanding the process and you didn't know what you were doing, mom didn't fully understand. But now as adults, we're like, oh my goodness. And that makes sense as to why you two fought so much. And now I love her so much. Now you guys are best friends, which is so redemptive and beautiful. It's like, oh. Wow. So your book has, God has used it as a healing mm-hmm. tool. I'm telling you, even though I thought for sure I was healed, right? But there's there's more there's more to be had. Mm-hmm. Mikey, your experience, you, so you were shy. Mm-hmm. Were you always shy from the beginning or were you like always, me? Always. Always. Which is so funny, all of our different personalities. <laughs> so I wasn't really made fun of for being Asian, right. I was for being a mute. 
<laughs> okay. I yeah. did not know Does that. Does she talk? She doesn't talk. And I would just be like. And you would just sit there. Oh, I man, couldn't. Talk. I think there was kind of a, bu- I was telling mom this the other day that there was kind of a bubble around me. And even though like kids did do that, it didn't, it didn't like. Wow. That's awful. It wasn't like a dagger. Almost like hmm. it affected hmm. me, but it almost like bounced off. Wow. And that's, so. That's a gift. I, I didn't <laughs> love it, but it didn't like get to my heart heart. Hmm. Mm. I remember, you know, people saying she doesn't talk and then that would probably freeze you up more to where I believe it. I don't have anything to say. And so you wouldn't say anything. And then I remember um, when you went to that interview. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about the, was that in high school? That was in college. College. Okay. So where were you trying to get a job? So I was trying to get a job with the social security uh, services, like to help people, you know, Get their, get their social security, social security. <laughs> and um, yeah, this is like my senior year in college and he's like interviewing me and I just, fr- I think he's like, what are your three strengths? And I just like freeze up and I just start crying oh. because I like have, I can't even like process and yes. explain it. Yeah. He's like, oh, he's like, well, he was so sweet. He was like a dad. He's like, you know what? You have a high GPA. You just need to practice like talking. And, and so he's like, I recommend you do Toastmasters <laughs> and like it. do it like inter- apply to a lot of places, practice this interviewing thing. Sweet. And it was, it was just so oh, sweet. Did so you do sweet. Toastmasters? So I went to Toastmasters, but I quit after the second time. Why? Because you have to go up and talk for a whole minute. Oh. And so oh. he gave me a, they, you go around, you talk about like a pencil. <laughs> oh no. And all what? I could say was, this is a pencil and you write with it. <laughs> and like, I, I had to sit there oh, for the Mikey. next 50 seconds and everyone was just like no. oh this poor girl Mikey. and I was like I can't do that Mikey. again oh. and then other people would go up and like oh with this pencil I wrote an amazing poem about the trees and the birds and <laughs> like just went off I'm like wow that was you know amazing <sighs> I mean I'm shy I mean of course I'm like insecure you know so sometimes that's why I am shy mm. but insecure about what that yeah, your words, I think just the, the the things in your head that play, you mm. know, that devalue hmm. you, mm. and I shouldn't say that in the first place. Or mm. and if or if you're around a really lively people, then you feel like a big bump on a log, you know, just yeah. like little things like that. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and then Teresa, I want to dig in a little more. Tell me as you grew up, like for me, I quieted myself. I just wanted to hide. I didn't want anyone to really notice me. You were an extrovert. You I became loud. very gregarious, yeah. but to a fault, meaning I was outgoing because I wanted attention. I wanted you to like me for something. Mm-hmm. If you couldn't like me for what I look like, at least like me because we have fun. Mm-hmm. You and, were fun. <laughs> you were fun. <laughs> and here's what I learned as an adult is I always kind of prided myself that I was carefree, Mm -hmm. but really looking back, I was careless. Mm -hmm. And there's a big difference. So careless to where you will do anything for someone to like you. Anything. Mm -hmm. You will compromise your your beliefs. You'll compromise the core of who you were created to be just so someone says, I see you and I like what I see. So for you... You're now 48, right? Mm-hmm. I'll be 48 in December. When did yep. you and mom have that reconciliation moment? Oh, because I know, gosh. Teresa, for years, your expression of that outward, I want people to love me, I'll do whatever. I mean, you know, as as our older sister, we watched it play out. 
you were fun. You were the life of the party. But I feel like you went through a very wild stage. I remember you moving out at 16. You had to go live with another family just because I do remember growing up, there was a lot it of tension turmoil between you and mom. Yes. And I think at some point it was like, something's got, we need a break. And then you move back in. But then at 18, when you really moved out, I feel like there was this really long gap for years. It yeah. was, you lived a life maybe apart from us mm -hmm. in that expression of finding love and acceptance. And so when would you say that turning point was for you? So the moment, because I've thought about that too, you know, just kind of unpack, you kind of unpack your life, like you say in your book, mm -hmm. in your 40s. Yeah. You know, there's that U-turn that yep. you talk about. And you start assessing your life. And I'm thinking from 18 till about 30, I didn't know you guys. Yeah. And I thought, oh my gosh, my sweet sisters. Mm. As an older sister, you know, especially in the Korean culture, the older sister is supposed to be that kind of like that next matriarch, yes. you know, and you, you cover, you cover that so well, like you are just that gatherer and praise God for that, you know, so you kind of feel like, dang it, I messed up. Mm. I totally messed up. And so, you know, you have to go through all that. Yeah. You have to, you have to walk through the junk because, you know, I think the expression of the fun in the hurt was really who I am. I am fun, but now in a healthy way, right? In, yes. a, in a gregarious sure. way. But then in 2008, I decided to put in a movie called The Joy Luck Club. I think it's four or five women who come together every week and they play a Chinese mm -hmm. game, okay? And they all have children, but their kids are first generation of Chinese American. Yes. So all the mothers came from the homeland of China. And you don't even know their stories at first. But then as you see this conflict take place within, you know, the parents with the kids, you see like, I don't want to be what you want me to be. Like this constant friction. And I felt that. Like that's what I felt with mom. Hmm. And then all of a sudden there's this moment where it, the camera in the movie pans to each woman individually and tells their story from when they were little. And there's this one woman that I'm imagining is our mom who went through the fire and the heat and burdens I can't even imagine. And I'm thinking that's why she is the way she is. She was trying to get the rebellion out of me because she was rebellious. And so she was trying to make sure that I didn't live her life. And in that moment, I knew she loved me. It's amazing how things like that, a movie, can really open up our heart mm -hmm. to healing, new perspective, seeing mom in a different light that brings healing. And I think it's my favorite story now to see you and mom I think Mikey and I both can say this. Growing up, we would have sworn <laughs> they weren't going to make it. <laughs> that is a rough relationship. Yeah. And now the way you take care of her, the way you honor her, even from a Korean culture, you're doing mm. it the way that is modeled for us, where it's like you're taking care of mom and dad in such a beautiful way. And I think the most beautiful thing about it is your daughter, Tristan, who real quick the other day, I got a 
you know, when the kids want an app, I have to like approve it. So it'll come on my phone. And Ella's been reading the book and I start seeing, um, will you approve this app? And it was like learning Korean. And then the next one was like Korean dialogue. So I'm like, <laughs> sweet Ella. And then she just bought a book about this girl who escaped North Korea. Um, so she's reading oh, wow. this book about this little Korean girl, this um, biography. And I, and she'll do her eyes. Like yes. her eyeliner is always out. And she's like, I want to look Korean, mom. And and Tristan was always like that. Tristan with her makeup. Like every yep. time I see her, she's like, I am Korean and yes. I'm proud. Mm-hmm. And I love that somehow our daughters from the beginning loved it. They saw the beauty in it with grandma, with their mother. Yes. They are, it's like the full expression <laughs> in such a healthy way. They didn't do what we did, which yeah. was hide it for so many years and then feel guilty and then have to heal. Can I share one thing yes. with you? So here I am bullied in kindergarten. She gets bullied in seventh um, grade. Yes. And she's, someone says to her, oh, you look Asian. And she goes, wait, I look Asian? <laughs> she turned it on <laughs> him. She turned it. And he goes, yeah. And she goes, I've always wanted to look Asian and no one has ever said that. They became friends. Yes. You. But that's amazing. Isn't that amazing? Full- Full, full circle, circle healing. Yes. She just right off the bat was like, yep. well, thank you. I actually take that as a really wonderful compliment. Yes. I love Tristan. So I've learned a lot from her. I love it. Hmm. But like being little like in kindergarten, if there was something about, I don't know if I was hearing it directed towards me. I don't really remember. I do remember being embarrassed of being Korean and hmm. of being Asian, hmm. but I was never embarrassed of mom, but okay. it was uh, when we brought Haimani, our, Korean, our grandma. Korean grandma, to America. And I remember like having a grad cell and not wanting her to come out because mm. I didn't want people so to see her because mm. she's very traditional. She didn't speak English. And so I think I was embarrassed for a long time of being Korean and noticing thing of like comments or, you know, the way people look at mom in the store. I remember one time, this was like, I think in junior high, a lady... I could tell it was she was being rude to mom because she was Asian, mm-hmm. and <laughs> she wouldn't like take the coupon. And I threw the pencil I at the lady this. at the supermarket. You, I didn't you know how to like, at her. Don't treat my mama like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so the thing is like, oh, don't mess with, you yeah. know, mama or she'll uh, mm-hmm. throw a pencil at you. <laughs> but I would say beyond the Asian or the Korean thing, the quiet thing, you know, I think what I've seen you move into is you out of the three of us sitting here right now, you are the feistiest. You are the, Mm. you know what you want. And it's like, don't, don't make Mikey throw that pen at you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) There, There is this like internal well that you have. And I do believe it's like this continual step forward in, my words do matter. And I don't have to be long-winded. I don't think there's anything about you that needs to be gregarious or long-winded, but it is just the idea that you believe that your words matter. And you know that because your kids look up to you so much and your words matter to them. Every day they're like, mom, what do you think? And there's so much wisdom in that gut of yours and that soul. I'm not saying that you have to be fully healed from anything, but I think as your sisters, it's like, I'm just so proud of how you stepped out into your own thing quietly, gracefully, like there's space for that. You don't have to be loud. And the one at the party that's like, oh, let me tell you a story. That's not who you are. So you don't ever need to become that. Right. Because you believe in the stuff that's just that you carry so well. So I'm just proud of you and the way that you've wrestled with some of your own insecurities. And for me with this book, it was never about 
a certain person that I'm hoping I'm writing to. It was really towards me and then even my girls. And even in some, some may resonate with the cultural thing. Some mm-hmm. may resonate, Mikey, with the shy piece of, I never felt like my words mattered or I, I would lock up and I wouldn't know what to say. And all of this stems from something. Mm-hmm. It, all of it stems from an insecurity. But I do think it's when the older we get, we can really identify what is, an insecurity that's leading to this thought. And then what is, this is the fullness of who Mm -hmm. I am. And I'm going to own that. And I think even in shyness, Mm -hmm. you can get there Mm -hmm. on both sides, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's good. My healing moment, Teresa, you said it was the Joy Luck Club Mm -hmm. watching a movie. For me, it was moving to New York City five to six months, having an internship there my senior year in college. And for the first time, stepping into the biggest place in the world to me, And seeing more Asians than I've ever seen before and missing mom because I wasn't home and finding her in every face I saw that had her eyes and longing for more of that. And it brought comfort to me. And I thought the thing that I have resisted my whole life is now bringing me comfort. There's something that I need to really wrestle with here. And so that's when I started writing down my story and really identifying with these pain points and how I let those lies seep in for too long where I started not understanding the fullness of where I was, not valuing that. So thinking, okay, I'm going to choose this half of me and go full there. Where at the end of the day, there's you've got to be the fullness of who you are. And when I moved to New York, I wrestled with that. I went to Koreatown every weekend, every other weekend, so I could smell the food. Mm, I saw so many daughters hand in hand with their mothers. And it was a healing moment in so many ways for me, where when I left, I forgave myself for the years that I pushed that part of me away. And it was this moment for me when I left New York of feeling full and whole for the first time in my life. But that was that full circle moment for me. So Mikey, for you, was there anything for her? It was the movie for me. It was New York. Was there anything for you that was a turning point, even a conversation that you remember? It's funny. I've I've never thought about that. And so I'm trying to think back but it's funny because I, I remember you in New York, like when I would come visit and we'd be on the subway and like seeing Korean, uh, Asian, you're like, that's friends of a mom. I think even just hearing from you, like mm. not knowing, but seeing the switch in you, mm. there was also somehow a switch in me and wanting to love it and appreciate it. And and then hearing anytime, like as I was older, hearing Korean, it's like the most comforting yes. thing. It's like, I love it. Me I too. love being out like Funny. in the city or, in, you know, yes. anywhere. I'm like, oh, they're talking Korean. And it's like soothing. soothing. Mm-hmm. And so it's I so interesting that. how that switches. And now it's like, oh, mm. yeah. Oh, when mom put us in, you know, Korean yes. summer school, I wish I would have I'll embraced it and learned it and loved <laughs> it. But back then you're like, oh. right. Last thing I want to do is go to <laughs> hang out with Korean these people. <laughs> Korean <laughs> summer school. I remember jungle that. Bells, you remember that? Jungle bells. This, this is jingle bells in <laughs> Korean. <laughs> yes. I do remember oh that. So I think it was college, college time. Because when I, I remember moving to England and well, just for like the six yeah, weeks in college, and on the bus, 
I'd always see this Korean, or I think she was Korean, an Asian lady. Yes. And she reminded me so much of a mix of grandma huh. and mom. And I loved her. Wow. And I would just mm. stare at her. I'm like, oh, I wow. love her. I, I love that. Remember those like little yes. moments. I love those turning point moments. And I love that mom with each of our kids from the second they could have food, solids. <laughs> oh, yes. It was Korean soup. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you ask any of our kids, what's their favorite food? It's grandma soup or it's bulgogi. Mm-hmm. It's kimbap. It's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Korean. Korean. So even though our kids look the least, all of them, you know, they don't look like these little Korean kids. Their palate, what they are drawn to is Korean culture and food. You know, when I think about growing up, as much as we, maybe all three of us in our own ways, hid in these like moments of when we step outside, the kids kind of told us who we were, who we needed to be. But when we went home, I remember mom always had that Korean room mm-hmm. with yes. all her Korean furniture. Yep. She had her kimchi in the garage. She made us Korean food. It was always our favorite. So many Korean traditions. Yeah, I mean, if you can remember, we still to this day have to take our shoes off when we go into mom's house. I was always embarrassed when I'd have a birthday party and <laughs> y'all need to leave your shoes outside. <laughs> um what other things did mom, what were other Do you remember traditions? the bowls of snacks that she would leave for us when we got home from school? It was a bowl of rice with a dried fish <laughs> oh, yeah, and then that- a little note for each of us with Aww. the slanted-eyed smiley yeah, face. Yeah, slanted-eyed smiley face. And uh, I just treasure that, our- that now. I remember watching TV with one of my friends and it was the dried fish. We would yes. eat like oh, yeah. chips. Yes. And I would just <laughs> like Cheetos. Yes. And they were like, that is disgusting. <laughs> yeah. I never ate them again, but I never, it never Not dawned funny. on me that eating dried fish yeah. was a little odd, yeah. you know, for someone who doesn't know that. Would, yes. But I do feel like mom had so many traditions, even superstitions. Mm-hmm. Yes. Whistling at night. Right, signing, at night. signing your name in red. Well, you could not sign your name in a red pen. Yes, because it was, you signed a death certificate with. Yeah, that. even she's so traditional in the way she serves dad. Yes, she served him first. First, yep. to this day, dad gets the. That yes. we serve him the plate first, and you know, I know she's that very. Yes, when Chip came to our first dinner, and my mom was like, "No, no, dad goes first. <laughs> Chip was like. Jojo, ladies are first. I was like, well, in Korean <laughs> <I know>. culture, <laughs> you know. And so now Chip was like, this is the best. Yes, that's so funny. Um, But I, I remember that. Uh-huh. And she still does that to this I, day. And yep. I remember when David's family first came to eat dinner, I was embarrassed because mom was like serving him first. And I'm like, she probably served the guests yeah. first. Yeah. You know? yeah. He's nope. first play in my whole okay. <laughs> the king. Yeah. yeah he's that's, the king. That's right. Oh, lucky dad. I know. <laughs> but she always has been culturally. She shifted in some ways, but I think in a, in a lot of the ways that were most important to her, she's like, this is, I want to be traditional in this way. So it's it's crazy that I think when we'd step inside, it, it, it felt like we, I understood the culture in a lot of ways. And there I felt safe to love it. I felt safe to embrace it. And I right. did at yes. home. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the things that's taught us far yeah. outweighs the pain that it brought. Yes. 
But the last thing I wanted to chat about is there was a chapter that I wrote about the two of you because you both inspired me in the way that you are living life now and how in every season you can rebuild things that I think so many times we get on a track and we forget we can jump off. Like if we don't feel like instinctively in our spirit that this is right, you can pivot. And I I think a lot of times that's really risky. It's scary. But I think for people who are truly passionate, when this thing keeps rising up in you and this dream will not go away, sometimes it means evaluating, what does this mean? And where do I, where do I put this in this season of my life? Mikey, for you, you have six kids being a stay-at-home mom for so many years. Your sweet, your oldest daughter is 16, um, almost 17. Your youngest is four. Watching how in every season you've been this really constant nurturer for them. You've been at home. You've always been there. And that's been so inspiring for me. I think for both of you, you both are stay at home moms. <laughs> and then I was, <laughs> I was, I, oh, I no. wasn't, and I'm not going to be guilty. You inspired <laughs> us no, because you were able but, to blend all of that together. But there's something about watching your sisters nurture their kids in this full-time way where it's just beautiful. It's inspiring. The friendships that I see that you guys have with your children. Like I, I just love, I love that in that way, I can glean that wisdom from y'all as a mother, like, hey, help me. How do I dig in deeper with my kids? How do And I, I see that with y'all, and I'm so inspired by that. Mikey, even before you got married, well beyond me, you had dreams of being an entrepreneur. And you always had these ideas and dreams of businesses throughout college, then when you got married, and then you had kids, and you, you dreamed them, but you never felt like it was time. Mm-hmm. Um, for you in this new season where you're like, this dream keeps bubbling up. Tell me that process of how that came to be and how are you holding it now? Like with the change and reorienting things in this new season that you're in. I think it's still uh, taking David and family getting used to, even though it's good and it's sweet. Because when you have someone full time forever, <laughs> you're like, wait, what was life? What was yeah. life like before? Mm. One of my kids just said that the other mm. day. They're like, what was it like when you didn't work? I don't like, you wow. know, you're trying to rem- wow. remember. Yeah. It's so interesting, though. I think <laughs> I don't know why God has used you in like every season yeah. of my life, so but I, it's like, even with this dream, mm. it's like you're the you and David, but you know, like the one that's like pushed me out of my little cocoon nest, you know, where it's like, where you do get comfortable. And it's like, oh, I'm scared. Like, all I know is my kids and my family and it's safe and comfy here. And I could do this all day long. And, but it's scary to like step outside the door Hmm. and like have to actually pursue a dream, even though it's been bubbling for so long. So the dream for you, this plant shop, Mm -hmm. Fernie's, Mm -hmm. but the way you've carved it out where you're still with your kids, Mm -hmm. but then when they're sleeping and David's (laughs) sleeping, you sneak out, (laughs) go to Fernie's. funny. Get a coffee Um, and then I can't go to sleep ever. Yeah. So Mikey, for you, what you're living now in this season, still fully with your kids and your husband. But with this additional, which is not easy, it's not like it's rosy. And I think that's what everyone needs to know. It's not like you step out, you do your dream and it's like magically everything just works. You have to reorient things and decide what doesn't fit anymore. Mm -hmm. And then you have to also know 
what to hold well when you've got it in front of you. Like it's, it's, I don't even want to say the word balance because I don't think that's possible, but it is a struggle sometimes mm-hmm. to hold both dreams in both hands, your family, you want to be a stay at home mom, this plant shop, like you want to, cause you don't want to half ass anything. Yes. And so it's like, you want to be there completely for your family, but you want to give the best, right. you know? So I'm like, with each plant, it's like, I really Aww. want this plant to live really long and it, to make Aww. somebody happy. So, so much detail into one little I pot. And she that. cares about and the experience yes. when people yeah. step into Fernie. Yes. She doesn't want them to be disappointed. And I'm like, Mikey, no one is, you know, but for her, she she carries that experience to 100% as well. So, so I think the idea that, yes, you can do both, but it does make things a little more challenging. But would you say it's, fulfilling yes okay yeah i mean of course it's like it's i'm still like i can't believe i get to do this mm-hmm. you know but yeah, i love that it, but it's so fun i love it i mean i look forward to being out there and and getting to I love it. pot plants i love that well as many times as you say i've taught you which is funny to me because just like I tell everybody crew teaches me so much about life. Like it's like the simplicity of a child is really sometimes the most wisdom is in that space. Um, without him even talking, it's like, that's the wisdom. Um, my whole life, I have been inspired by your childlike heart and your just lightness and life. You were the one that mountain biked. You were the one that rock climbed. You did these adventurous things that my scared little body was like, ah, I'll well, you had to keep You had to keep your face intact because that was when you were doing journalism <laughs> oh and it was going to be on, you know, yeah, my face. I do TV. remember I was mountain biking with Mikey <laughs> you did and I go was a few like, times. I'm going to eat it. Bust my face and I'm not going to ever get a job in journalism. <laughs> Oh, um, but Mikey was, you've always lived this life of adventure. Yes. No fear. You don't have fear in your body yeah. with just living and being mm. adventurous. You have the tattoos. I'm jealous. Yes. You have all the, the piercings. piercings. Remember that one time I went and got a nose ring? <laughs> and you were so cute. And it lasted for a week. <laughs> um, cause I was like, oh, you know, whatever. But I think this freedom that you have and this expression yeah. of just, your own interpersonal confidence. Mm-hmm. Like I love that there was a bubble around your little heart Me that too. didn't affect your self-worth, your value that, or even your fun in life. And so my, I always tell Chip, I just need to be more like Mikey. I just need, so you have inspired me throughout your life to just live that carefree, fearless way because we got one life and you can live it and be real rule follower <laughs> and you know, the one who shows up on time every day, you know, and doesn't get a busted tooth or you can have some fun in life. And you've just inspired me in so many ways, not only as a mother, but just as a human being. Um, and then Teresa, the thing I wrote about you is first of all, your relationship with Tristan, who is now 22, 22, the evolution of your relationship of when she was younger, you were still dealing with identity issues and, and watch even that conflict with you and her as, as yeah. this was like, we would go, Oh, that's okay. mom and Teresa <laughs> yeah. all over again. Yeah. But when that thing happened to you, whether that was the Joylet Club or you writing down your story, something shifted and health became your new, like you stepped in. And I remember like you could visually see wow. the healing that had happened in your life. And then your shift with your daughter happened and you two became the closest, the 
bestest of friends. Like literally the yes. most beautiful thing to watch you and Tristan, the way you guys do life together. She has lived with you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> still does. Still does. <laughs> but Teresa, she's getting married yeah. in a month, a month and a half, two months yeah. in January. And the way, I mean, when Drake started driving, when Ella started driving, you would have thought it was the end of the world for me. The way I was like resistant of that day. I was like, I, I don't want it to happen. Trying to avoid it. You know what's coming. Your daughter's going to move out. She's going to be a wife. The shift will happen in some ways where her focus is now towards her husband. You know, in in some ways you're not only losing your best friend that's there every day with you and your roommate, but the way you're holding the season with just gratitude and your beautiful smile and joy teaches me to embrace change in not fighting it or avoiding it, but that change is so beautiful and healthy and it means you're growing. Tristan is growing. So tell me real quick how you have processed this moment of change that's coming. I love this question because it's ongoing process. It's a choice to make every day to either be depressed (laughs) (laughs) or be really happy. Mm. And one day I, this moment, of having like, oh my God, on her wedding day, she's not coming home. Mm. Like having to face that moment, I'm going to lose her. Is It was the narrative. Yes. And all of a sudden it flipped. Yeah, but you guys are going to get more time together than you ever imagined. And you gain a whole family. Mm. You don't just, you're not losing her. You're gaining a son-in-law and you're gaining his family. Like it just flipped. Wow. And so if I keep that perspective, because it's something perspective, you have to keep it. You you have to fight for it. Right. It's because there's a resistance to always go the default, which is what I don't have, what's not happening. And so I have to constantly see what is happening. And so now the more that we draw closer to that date, I'm actually getting excited. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it, Teresa. Your life has been, to me, just this model of redemption and healing and the power of, like you said, perspective, but also the power in when you walk in the fullness of who you are, you shine in such a way that it's just such a gift. Everybody that's around you gets to pull from that love like you you're one of those that come into the room full Mm. um always full and and you don't leave ever empty because you're so Mm. full in a very healthy way that that fullness really oozes out to other people where it's it's this gift to those around you and so i'm just so proud of you but today guys i feel like i'm i've been holding in my tears Mm. When this goes off, I'm going to, because I'm so thankful and grateful that we got to do this life together um, under one roof. We were the quirkiest humans. <laughs> um, we can't really talk about a lot of that yeah. stuff. We were weird in a lot of ways, yes. but seeing you both walk out in the fullness of your identity as women is something that I feel like is one of the greatest gifts in my life. So and, the idea and, that, and yeah. just to say that it's like, you're, you're the, Waymaker, yeah. yes, and all of it. Honestly, you really are so sweet to to just kind of you know piggyback on what Mikey is is saying. We need you to know, like, even when I was little, you were my safe place. You were someone I knew. 
I was always getting in trouble. <laughs> yes, you were. <laughs> I was like, come hide in my room. <laughs> yes. And so I would go, Jojo, I don't know what to say. And she was like, just say you're sorry and you won't do it again. Oh, I like, can't remember that. Like, you wouldn't. <laughs> I know. I just kept doing it over and over. And walk in her room and like, why did you do that? <laughs> I know. Oh, geez. And she was such, like, you are someone who has, I look up to you. And I always, I tease people about this all the time. I go, okay, I was born the oldest, <laughs> but I'm the youngest <laughs> in that I've learned so much from my sisters. And a lot of it's been from afar, like just in awe and wonder. Like even when I was away for years, I always, I, it wasn't that I wanted to be like you guys. It was that, how are they so grounded when I feel like I'm falling apart at every step? And and so you guys, no matter what was happening, there was a stability. And I'm just so grateful for that. Thank you. I sure love you too. Y'all are so leading us. <laughs> I wish it, I'm like, oh, love well, us constant. So wonderful. Thank you for doing this with me today. Oh, yay. Cheers. Cheers. Go pot your plants. Okay. <laughs> are you potting plants today? Okay, okay. Aww, Don't forget to cover your plates. It's going to freeze this weekend. Okay, Aww. I love y'all. I love you. Thank you. This was fun. <laughs>